Hey, thanks so much for being with me uh, through this series on crossing the Crimson Bridge. And I'm very excited once again just to say our pastor is coming back next week. And this is a good and marvelous thing. He and Linda have been on sabbatical uh, during this season. Uh, unfortunately, coincided with the uh, quarantine uh, period that we've been under. But we move forward. And we move forward together. And God has a, a whole range and variety of gifts within a local church body. Uh, he has everything that we need to move forward. And that's what we've been doing together. And we've missed our pastor over this season. But I'm so grateful for the uh, staff, the team that is uh, here at our church and the things they've been doing to keep things rolling and moving forward and just appreciate them so much. And so drop them a line. Uh, I just want to encourage you to uh, be an encouragement to them as well. They're going through the same stuff that we are, functioning from home and, and, uh, and all of this long-distance stuff. Also, too, uh, I have good news and I have bad news. Uh, the good news is, is uh, I think that my humor, uh, my personality is very much like Jessica Mayo's. And so that's the good news and that's also the bad news at the same time. But Jessica, thanks so much for uh, helping us today and being a source of encouragement and banter for all of us this morning. All right. Well, turn your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's bow our heads and hearts together. Lord, thank you for being so amazing and awesome. And Lord, for our time together that we have, let your words be on our lips. And Lord, even when there are words, God, let us use the best words and the best combination of words to talk about you with others. Oh, Jesus, have your way in our hearts and our minds and in our spirit during this time and lead us on. Lord, let us not be a people that stumble and to and fro, but God, that walk forth in a boldness of what it means to be a follower of you. Oh, Jesus, have your way in our hearts, in your name, amen. Well, I've been enjoying uh, Scott Womack's feed. Pastor Scott, uh, you've seen him speak here several times, and, and uh, if you're on Facebook and you're his friend on Facebook, you've been watching uh, him uh, literally hiking all over our region, and he sends out some of the most amazing pictures on Facebook uh, when he arrives at a location. Uh, sometimes it's just the view. Other times, uh, recently, it's been the clouds rolling in, and, and the clouds have been beautiful. Uh, you've all noticed this morning as we gather here today, uh, you look out your front, front windows, and you've seen that it rained all night long. And, you know, this is a good thing because we don't have to worry about the irrigation water, uh, and, and the lawns are greening up nicely right now, and, and, and all of those things are, are happening. Uh, I grew up in the Seattle area. I'm, I grew up in Federal Way, and uh, it was a great place to grow up and, uh, during that time, and uh, loved it so very much. But one thing about living in the Seattle area is uh, uh, we'd have temperature inversions in the winter months, and, and then the rest of the year, uh, we would all participate in the um, annual uh, you know, Seattle Rain Festival. And if you are a tourist, you can get a t-shirt that actually says Seattle Rain Festival, September 1 through August 31st. And that is no lie. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while we'll have a drought season on the west side of the mountains. 
But this is not our problem. That's why we live here in north central Washington. But, uh, you know, growing up in that environment, you know, rain was a constant. Uh, you know, when, when it would be nice in Seattle, it would be glorious, but there's still clouds in the sky. We moved back to uh, Wenatchee from western North Dakota. Uh, western North Dakota has powder blue skies, and it is wonderful. And we can go for weeks on end with no clouds, and it is uh, an amazing, amazing thing. Doesn't always happen in the Seattle area. And you know, we need a figurative blue sky over our lives during difficult times like these that many of us are experiencing right now. Uh, quarantine, job loss, uh, Jessica driving her cats crazy. Uh, you know, for a while we were after bathroom tissue. Uh, you know, and now it looks like we've got a shortage on meat and, and uh, you know, we need some blue skies, don't we? Uh, some of us have had thunderclouds over our lives for a season, maybe a long season. And today, we're going to talk about having an open heaven, having a spiritual open heaven over our hearts, over our lives. And so, right now, we're going to look together uh, in, you know, in this whole thing of the open heaven. Now, our series has been titled Crossing Over the Crimson Bridge. And it sounds pretty nifty, doesn't it? And we've been talking about moving from death to life through the cross of Jesus Christ. How we left our old way, our old nature the things, the, the sin and the things that held us back from having a relationship with God. And this all was possible by crossing over the Crimson Bridge. Now, we need to remember the importance of the cross of Jesus Christ. His cross and his work on the cross changed everything. And it's like the old uh, preacher uh, that, uh, you know... I, I, you know, old back, black Baptist preacher who'd get up in the pulpit and every once in a while he'd you know, get all worked up and he'd say, it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. It's Friday, but Sundays are coming. Friday was the cross. Sunday was the realization of the work of the cross. So we were able to cross over from death to life. And let us never take the cross for granted. Never take the cross for granted. And really, really, that's all this series has been about. It's just about remember who we are. Remember who saved us. Remember who changes us. Remember who walks and talks and moves with us as we move together. Now, we're in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. In fact, uh, the, uh, uh, Deuteronomy is the fifth book of what's known as the Torah or the law. And even though it's part of those you know, first five books, there's great things here that apply to our lives. It very much is reminiscent of, of how you often hear messages on Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 
Powerful passage, powerful promise, powerful, here, do this, and I'll do this. That's good stuff. And that's what we're going to look at together in Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning at verse number one. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. That's just some great stuff there. Now, last Sunday, we talked about obedience, not out of what we get from being obedient, but because we love Jesus. We love God. We're obedient, okay? We do what he wants for us to do. But today, we're going to look at the other side of the coin, his blessing. It's like that old, it's a newer song now. I think it goes, uh, Deuteronomy, 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 Deuteronomy. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. So fine. Okay, that's what we're talking about today. So, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall you be in the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. That means it's good, and there's prosperity. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Everybody gets in on this. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. That means that we're going to be going in and out of the door of our home a lot, okay? But that's just part of this blessing process. But the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. And they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And the Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your ground, and within the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury the heaven. In other translations there, the Lord will give you an open heaven. And it's a great marvelous thing to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail." And you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods and serve them. 
Now, that is some great stuff right there. And here's a great question. Uh, do godly, God-fearing people go through difficulty? The answer is yes. The book says that it rains on both the righteous and the unrighteous, but it won't last forever, even if forever means that it's the end of this life and we go into the best life ever. I have a friend of mine, his name is Dick Stein. He served on my pastoral staff in the last church that I served in. Dick had leukemia. And Dick's thing was that, you know, this is a thing that's always kind of with me and kind of in the background and on the periphery. And, you know, if, if, if God doesn't heal me here, he'll heal me there, meaning when he gets to heaven. And we need to think of our lives in light of the bigger thing. But what we see here in this passage was a promise of, of God to Israel. And these same things apply to our lives. This is basic stuff of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful blessing it's laid out for the people. They will be the choice nation of the earth. They will be uh, blessed wherever they live. They will be blessed with children. Their crops will flourish. Their livestock will flourish. Their, the, the work of their hands and the list goes on and on and on. And as we look back through this list, this bliss is conditional. It is highly conditional. Uh, it is not a raffle where you win a prize. It is, it is a relationship where you gain privilege. And it just goes back to even the last time we were together talking about, you know, being in unity with one another, being givers, being obedient to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so, you know, as we look back over this, we see that, that they were to be faithful, to faithfully obey the voice of the Lord. Uh, they were to, uh, to keep the commandments of the Lord. Uh, they were to, uh, you know, walk with the Lord and be careful to do the things that, that he has instructed us and led us to do and be. And, and yeah, in this passage, there's a lot of if, 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 if. Now, we are walking in the new covenant, and there's a great and wonderful understanding as to how all this stuff works together. Hang with me as we move together. Now, as we look ahead in verse number 15 in Deuteronomy 28, here's what it says there. It's the flip side of this whole discussion. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, that I command you today, then all of these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. It says that too. You know, there's a flip side to all these things. Now, jumping ahead to verse number 23, you go through all of these curses and all of these bad things are going to happen if we don't do and be, you know, who God asks us to be. And Israel experienced that. They experience both God's blessing and the other side of it. Verse 23, it says, And the heavens, which previously talked about great blessing, the treasury of heaven being poured out on us, the heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth under your feet shall be iron. Growing up in the Seattle area, looking around outside, it felt like that a lot. 
Uh, there were days we wouldn't see the sun. There were weeks that we wouldn't see the sun. When we go through a temperature inversion, we could be two weeks and, and never see above the telephone poles. You know what I'm saying? But friends, we don't need to review a list of the indelicate matters uh, here to understand that th there's a way we should not go. And that's just a reality. I think we all understand that. Disobedience leads to bronze or brassy heavens. And I think we get that. We have you know, rules and guidelines in our houses where we raise our children and our grandchildren. And, and there's, you know, there's a law that happens within that environment. And if you do this, this is what's going to happen. This is how it works. And it's a guiding force in our lives. But to have calamity fall on us is one thing, but to have the heavens be as bronze is really something that's quite difficult to swallow. And here's the deal there, is that we have a choice every day of how we're going to walk this life. If we're walking in the shadow of, of the crimson bridge of the, of the cross, passing over from death to life, and as we're moving together in this life that has been provided by Jesus Christ, as we move together in him, all the promises are ours. Every chapter, every book, every line, all that stuff is ours. All the good stuff is ours. And we've given a path, we've been given a path to live, to walk, to move, to run in. I don't know, there's even a thing called prancing. And apparently it's an exercise thing from about two years ago. People prance. Whatever you want to do as you move through this life and this life in Christ. But let's move through it with joy. Let us move through it with a single-mindedness and a, and a purpose moving forward as we move together in Him. Now, there's a couple of uh, points I'd like to make today in regard to this whole idea and concept of, of experiencing an open heaven. Now, as we share these, very, two very simple points, these are basic things of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Doesn't matter about anything else that goes on. If we can kind of get these two things right, we're going to do pretty well. Now, as we looked at this entire passage in, in, in Deuteronomy 28 and talking about an open heaven, the treasury of heaven being poured out on us, also talking about, you know, brassy heavens and, and iron, you know, underneath our feet where, you know, prayers aren't getting out and we're not experiencing God's blessing. Uh, as we look in, in the sphere of this, we understand and know that there are some priorities, a package of, hey, this is cause and effect. Here's who we are in Christ. Here's how we've been designed to walk and to move and to live and breathe and have our being. So the first thing, we experience an open heaven when we have the right priorities. Package. Here's a package of priorities that we're to walk by. And when our priorities and lives are lived in the shadow of the crimson bridge, all things, all things are possible. Matthew wrote this in chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all, not some, all these things, and there's a great list there, will be added to you. Our life in Christ is more than just about what we do and what we don't do. It's about pursuing Jesus and his priorities and not our own. 
it's, you know, the great struggle for most of us is to start our day with, you know, Lord, what's on your agenda today? What do you want for me to do? Where am I going? Now we recognize we have jobs, or, you know, many of us do right now. And they're really different right now because of the quarantine. But still along the way, Lord, what's your plan for me today? And according to the scripture, it's to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And so we ask the question, how does his kingdom and righteousness fit into our daily schedule? Ephesians chapter 4 tells us this, to put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed by the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And this seems like basic stuff, and I hope that it does. Because if we don't remember to keep the basic stuff in the forefront of who we are, we're not going to be able to do the less basic stuff better in the future. Let us not take for granted the Crimson Bridge. His kingdom and righteousness fits our daily schedule by putting off our old way, our old manner of living and its desires. It fits by renewing our minds and making a choice to walk in his righteousness and his holiness. Our lives conform to his purposes and plans when we become partakers of the divine nature of Christ. Second Peter chapter 1 says this, his divine nature has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has gained or has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of its sinful desires. Now let's think for a moment that you are the ruler of your own country. You are the regent, and whatever title you want to give yourself as being regent, that is entirely up to you. And as regent, there are many benefits that come from by being in your position. And let's say that you have children, And your children, by nature of your being the regent, they have a lot of great duties, responsibilities, but benefits as well. And you know, what if one of your kids came to you and said, I'm going to denounce my royalty so I can go off and do my own thing somewhere else? Uh, We've seen that very recently with the royal family over in Great Britain. Before I was born, we saw another episode like that happen where a king abdicated the throne. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are royalty, heirs of heaven through Jesus Christ. God has privileges and has made promises as to how we can live as king's kids. And he has given us everything we need for life and godliness especially when we learn more about him. Because